He said it was standing. He doesn't know what it was, but it was standing at the kitchen door leading to the family room. It was someone. He said it was a dark figure of a man. And even though it looked solid, the blackness of his form was moving like smoke. Oh. Wait, Did you see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know. This is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! Shut up. Oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Hello, friends. Hello. Hey, guess what? Hmm. It's not raining. Hallelujah. Good <laughs> Lord. I feel like it's been raining for like a month up there. Oh my God. It only rained twice this summer, once for 36 days and the second time for 42 days. No, it's going to rain in the next, it, it was supposed to start at 10, now it's saying 11. It's going to come. Oh. It's going to happen. And then we won't have sunshine until next week. Um, send thoughts and prayers. Gotcha. That's all I need. <clears throat> I can't take this not sunshininess that's what my weekend was we had sun for two days this weekend so i stood outside and just like just stood there <laughs> back like, yeah starfish yeah dancing <laughs> like absorbing and then it turned into enclosure cleaning day and my neighbors looked at me like i was nuts because i hauled almost every animal i have outside into my backyard <laughs> And put them all into like little playpen things, playpen things, boxes essentially. And I was See, like, enjoy this sun. And that's when your neighbors realize that they don't want to mess with you. <laughs> yeah, that's. What <laughs> I told, I told the vet because we had to go to the vet last week, um, and there was a pit bull next door, and all the vet like assistants and techs, they were all hanging out with this very muscular pit bull, right? And I was like. Most people get pit bulls to, you know, like for protection. And I think it's funny because, I mean, they're giant babies, right? They really they're are. Super they're teddy cute. bears. But, but people are typically more, you know, <laughs> hesitant, right? Yeah. No, no. We were, there were only two people in the vet. The pit bull and the pit bull's owner and me and my adult snake, my adult <laughs> python. And I sat in the room by myself. And when the vet tech came in, she stood on the other side of the room. And she went, um, uh, how, how old is your snake? I was like, six. Okay. Uh, when was the last time it ate? I was like, um, you know, it's probably hungry today, but. <laughs> but I laughed. And then the, the actual, like, vet came in. And it's someone who is, he's like an actual reptile vet. So he's used to it. So he walked in. Oh, my God. By the way, I am never going to that vet again. I Why? Can't. I went in there disgusting. Right? Oh, and was he hot? Smoking hot. Right? <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, of course. Like, I probably even, like, smelled bad because I had been, like, doing different things. And it was just, and I then I panicked. I was like, I have to take him to the vet. Oh, my God. 
Um, but he comes in and, and I said, <laughs> I'm going to stop taking my dog for walks for protection. And he was like, yeah, you just take the snake with you and no one will come near you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so now that's what's going to happen. That was my spooky tale. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, guys. <laughs> I had to take my dog to the vet last week. Yeah, we're having one of those. I swear, you know that's just, it's kind of funny because I was listening to, I think it was the second episode of the season, and I was talking mm-hmm. about how Daisy was recovering from her surgery. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we have another sick dog. Yeah. And that's fun. So for the past mm-hmm. almost week now, we've been dealing with one of my labs being sick, Dakota. And uh, we ruled, basically it was like a trial and error thing with the vet. And like, we don't really know what's wrong with her. Her blood works mm-hmm. fine. Her x-rays are fine. We don't see anything wrong, but she's puking and she can't control her, yep. you know, stuff. Like stuff. coming out of both ends is what it was doing for a couple of days. She's just not herself. And yeah. They were like, let's try this medicine, and if she doesn't feel better, we'll try this. And finally, it got to where we went back to the vet who, or we got lucky and got an appointment when the vet who treated Daisy was was there. And she's just awesome. We love her. And uh, she basically, through trial and error again with medicine, figured out that it's pneumonia, which I was not even sure dogs could get pneumonia, but they can. I don't know how she got it. Um, I mean, I live in Georgia. It's 90-something degrees here all the time. It's all the walks and, you uh, make her take in the freezing cold. Yep. Uphill both ways in the snow, barefoot. barefoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's uh, she's starting to feel better. And, That's um, awesome, though. Yeah, but it sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. We have spent more money at the vet in the past month and a half than we've spent their entire lives jeez and i mean that's what you do as pet parents right like when you get a pet that's what you agree to do is take care of them and that's what we'll do but it's just the timing of it all because we're Mm -hmm. still in the process of selling our house and yeah yeah so it's funny though because your dog and my snake have the same problem yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) Yep. (laughs) yep and i've got like a couple more days to try to get her like well improved before we have to start going the injections route, which is super mm, exciting yeah. with a large python. Yeah, I'm Very glad we don't excited. have to do that with Dakota. I'm super <clears throat> excited Although I, about. I will this. say Thursday when we took her to the vet, they gave her IV fluids so she wouldn't get mm-hmm. dehydrated. And yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but when they do that, they give it through like the scruff on the back of their neck, almost like between their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so they have a humpback for like a day until the fluid dissipates through their whole body. Well, some of her fluid moved into her ear flaps yesterday. So both of her ear flaps were really fat. What? And she was like rubbing her head all day long. I felt so bad. I'm like, we're finally getting some of these other symptoms under control. And now she's uncomfortable because her ears are swollen, full of fluid. Oh my gosh. So I like rubbed her ears a lot yesterday to try to move the fluid out, and it's almost better today. They're one of yeah. one of them's still a little fat, and the other one's not so much. But it's just yeah. Like, can we can we have a break, please, for like a, a week? Give me a week with yeah. nothing. I I even wrote yeah. in my journal this morning. I'm like, I'm really hoping this week is uneventful and boring. <laughs> yes, I just want a normal 
week. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I had been hoping for. <clears throat> and then I had yeah. I woke up with two sick children. But it's back to school. Everybody knows yeah. with the first couple weeks of back to school, it's like it's like everybody gets the plague and mm-hmm. and then you just have to deal with it. But all the cooties. All the cooties. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna up my caffeine intake because I've been slowly cutting my caffeine back. Yeah. So after this you might recording, want to, after... uh, you might want to up your vitamin C intake too. Oh, I've already been doing that. I'm not catching <laughs> these death plagues that these children pass around. No, thank you. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Um. Yeah. So hopefully, episode <laughs> after this episode, I'll be more like screaming and fast talking rather than like, "Hello, everyone." <laughs> That's how you can always tell, Aaron. Like, you can always tell which episode we recorded first. Yeah. Because the one where she's really high energy, that's always the second one of the day. Always the second one. <laughs> yep. Because at that point, the caffeine's kicked in. Now, I've been up since six. I, yeah. I tried not to hit the heavy caffeine yet, but I'm, I'm double fisting the, you know, <laughs> coffee and the sweet tea right now. So. Oh, <laughs> We'll see what happens. It might be by the end of this episode, I'll be screaming. <laughs> well, well, um, your uh, vampire crypt episode was extra creepy last week. It was. And guys, you're welcome for that additional thud at the end that hopefully made you all jump. <laughs> that scared the crap out of me. I was listening Perfect. to it in the car. Last night, I was taking, I took my daughter back to her dad's house and I was driving home and it's dark and I'm on like country roads going back to my house and I'm listening to our episode and it's Aaron talking about the vampire's crypt and all this stuff. And towards the end, there's this giant thud in our audio that she couldn't edit out. The vampire landing on the roof of your car. And I literally jumped and screamed in my car by myself, and I thought I had hit something. It was that loud. <laughs> and it scared the bejesus out of me. And so I was we like, just damn it, not- Aaron. <laughs> <sighs> in my out. defense, I couldn't edit it out. <laughs> and she in tried. other defense, I probably wouldn't have anyway. <laughs> Because I edited that whilst dealing with a very large snick, snick snake, snick snake, snake, wink, wonk, wink, wonk. <laughs> oh, Lord. These yeah. next episodes will be very well edited. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Erin and I both talk with our hands. Yeah. And we have microphones right in front of our faces when we're recording yeah. this. So every now and then we hit our microphones on accident. Because we're flailing around. Oh and my we don't mean to, but if we're talking at the same time we hit our mic, it's really almost it impossible happens. to edit that out. Yeah, it just happens. So we'll try to, like, calm our hands down a little bit. <laughs> I also notice that when I cross my legs, I hit the bottom of my, like, the underside of my desk. Yeah, and I do that too. it'll bump into my microphone, so I have to just be careful with that, too. I do that, too. We'll try to control our bodily movements. it's like we're gonna control our poops i know it's been a lot of poop talk this week with my dog and stuff apparently there's a wheel of poop that veterinarians have and it shows them all the colors of poop and what they mean just the truly i learned i learned that yeah it's a magical thing so yeah so i'm learning a lot about poop lots about poop we can start another podcast on poops 
<laughs> the Poop Podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by the Ugly Potatoes. <laughs> so yeah, we're both very tired moms. Yeah. Dealing with sick babies, fur babies and human babies and snake Other babies baby. and snake baby. That's yeah. right. We're just we're just dealing. And this is our outlet of fun. So here we yeah. are. Here <laughs> we are talking about scary things. Yeah. Going ugly early in the morning. That's right. On a Monday. Yep. 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 Good time. Oh, there's rain. <laughs> Oh, look, there it is. There it is. Just in time. Yeah, right on time. Right on time. So who's going first? You're you're first today. I'm first today. You's first. I'm first. Okay. I have my hands occupied so that I will not slam into anything. (laughs) Hi, Elizabeth. He's so handsome. He's such a gorgeous mantis, honestly. He's so good looking. Wanted to come out. Yeah. She has a a large praying mantis, and it's a boy, and his name is Elizabeth. And he is fantastic. He's He's he really is. He's gorgeous. Like that blue color underneath. He's so pretty. Amazing. So, you ready? We're gonna tell a scary story. He's like sitting here like, okay, let's do this. He watches you. It's funny. I saw the video where, like, on your Instagram story, and you're talking to him. And as you're moving around, his head is following you. He's watching yeah. you. Well, he loves we caught. You. He does. And I caught. I caught a mantis um, outside in my. Uh, and I was trying to move it to a safer area where we weren't going to be trimming. And the mantis just sat on my hand for a while and was just cleaning itself, which I thought was funny. And mm-hmm. this is a large, like, wild mantis. Um, <clears throat> So I just sat down on my front porch waiting because I was like, well, I'm not going to be the, you know, butthead that picks you up and then gets my finger ripped off by your giant arms. Uh, (laughs) But then it just sat there on my hand watching the cars go by. I was like, are we bonding? Like, what's happening right now? (laughs) And then eventually it left and laid all of its eggs all over my rose bushes. So we'll have more mantis babies next year. But yes. That's cool. So. You'll probably see Liz in our Instagram because he's always hanging out on my microphone. Yeah, Except right I love now. it. You got to stay here. So <laughs> that's not the scary part of today's episode. <laughs> not my half. It's just what's going to keep me from slamming my hands on the table because I'm trained to not do that with a bug. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Liz is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's discuss this. So today we're going to Maine. Which I honestly have not, I have not done a whole lot with like Northeast United States, I guess, because there's so much, there's just so much there. And mm-hmm. most of it is really, it, it's like real scary. Like I don't really <laughs> like going there. It's just like, hey, there was this witch that murdered these babies. Yeah. I think the only thing that too. you've done there is the Lord Baltimore Hotel, like <clears throat> up in that part of the country. And that's not even nearly as far north. No. I think I did one in Rhode Island. The, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was. The Conjuring story. That's I right. I forget the name of the family because I'm brain dead. Well, this one is one of the less uh, bloody, murdery ones because I needed something lighthearted. We're going to Seguin Island. I'm, I really hope I'm saying that right. If I'm wrong, if you live near Seguin Island, not on it. I don't think anybody lives there. Or is it um, Seguin? Seguin. We Seguin? don't know. Seguin. 
We're Benedict Cumberbatch today. Penguins? Sing, Penguins? Sing-wing. Singwing Island. <laughs> yeah. If, if I'm saying it wrong, like, tell me. Like, send me a DM. Um, but, like, a video. <laughs> <laughs> and say it. We have to hear say it. it. <laughs> because otherwise, I'm going to sit there and be like, what? I don't understand. So, anyway, we're going to Sanguine Island off of Maine. And this is an island that you cannot reach any other way aside from a boat. Like, there's no, like, little bridge. They don't have, like, a, uh, like, there's no other way to get there. You have to, and the, the boat that gets there now, it's, like, a ferry. And you can only uh, get there, like, you can't go back and forth in one day. The ferry only runs to Seguin Island once a day. Okay? Now, that's not even important. It doesn't even matter that you can only get there once unless you are planning to visit. And I don't recommend it. Um, but Seguin Island, uh, as much as it's just like a beautiful little island, it's really known for its lighthouse. Um, the lighthouse is stupid old. Like, real old, okay? Uh, so old that it was actually commissioned by President George Washington. Like, he was like, hey. Wow. I want this lighthouse and you're going to build it. And they were like, okay. So the original structure that served as the lighthouse is actually no longer there because um, they built a 50-foot lighthouse out of wood. Uh, Like, that's not obviously good for a lighthouse, for something that's going to get splashed with water. Somebody wasn't using their thinking cap. Was it pressure treated? I don't know. I mean... (laughs) I don't know how quality Home Depot was back in that day in the <laughs> 1790s. Like, Home Depot, were you on this? Um, obviously not, because uh, the wood was a bad idea, and it eventually rotted and crumbled. So they had to build another one. And in 1819, they built it out of stone. This feels like the Three Little Pigs a little bit, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Uh, so they built another yep. one out of stone. They used oil lamps and crude reflectors uh, to light it, but it too didn't last. So we've got two lighthouses now that have been like, they've just fallen apart. Finally, they're like, okay, we need this to be built like a Dodge Ram. You know, it's got to be built to last, right? So, it's got a Hemi. Right. So they built a new one in 1857. And I'm, I mean, looking at these dates, by the way, I'm sitting here like, they put a lot of work into these things only to have it last like a little tiny bit. Mm-hmm. So the final one, the final build is what we have today. It's still there. Um, they built it in 1815, 1857. The tower was made from granite blocks. Like, that'll keep the water out. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, It's also 53 feet high and is the tallest lighthouse in Maine. Uh, Like, even still. And it's, like, the uh, second or third oldest lighthouse, too, which is pretty... Oh, second oldest. I did write it down. Second oldest and tallest lighthouse in Maine. So, this is when things start to get... Spooky. Now that you know that the lighthouse is there, there's nothing else there. It's a small island, a lighthouse, maybe some rabbits, but that's pretty much it. Seguin Island, and this is why I think all of the lighthouses kind of crumbled so quickly, is really a kind of a treacherous place. Okay. Uh, the weather's not typically very good. It's very foggy. 
the shoreline is not like it's not an even shoreline it's very like jagged and like plateaus and like rocks there's not like a sandy white beach for you to you know wander around I mean there is but not in many places so the lighthouse even though it was using the best that it could at the time it wasn't very visible to a lot of the boats and the fog made it even worse and it was constantly constantly shrouded in fog um, there were stories of shipwrecks on the island or near the island going back even before the lighthouse was built but the most famous of them is uh, a canadian schooner called the gondola now the gondola had uh, gotten trapped by a gale and it just threw the entire ship into the rocky ledges just like according to the tail it was thrown out of the water because it was just such a bad storm right um the crew left the ship in a smaller boat and despite their best efforts to get somewhere safe they were swept out to sea most of them were found a few of them died except the captain so the captain's body was never found they did what they could to find it but you know how i mean I'm, you know how dedicated the crew members are to their captain they weren't just like, well, too bad, so sad, the captain's gone. They went and looked for him. They couldn't find him. That being said, the captain apparently was still on the island. He was on Seguin Island. And a lot of the times, if you are passing the island on any sort of, like, private boat, because you're fancy, or you're on the ferry, people riding the ferry often say that they will see someone that looks like an old style captain, like dressed in old uniform, wandering back and forth on the edge of the island, looking. And then he'll just vanish. Which wow. is, yeah. Not totally terrifying, but definitely enough to make me go, you know, I don't really want to go to the island, given the fact that nobody lives there. Nobody lives there. I think I should mention... This, yet again, there are no other houses. There's no store. There's nothing on the island but the lighthouse. That's it, okay? So if you are going out there, like, you need to pack a picnic because you there's nothing. There's Yeah. So to see someone just wandering back and forth along the edge of the island, that's really unnerving for a lot of people and enough for them to be like, yeah, I don't want to go. My favorite story from Seguin Island, though, is about a lighthouse keeper from the mid-1800s. And I cannot find a name. I've looked for a name. Uh, but I cannot find a name anywhere. No one's got it on record. And the lighthouse keepers often changed pretty quickly because living out on Seguin Island was one of those things that was like, it was such a, almost a punishment. Because <laughs> there's nothing to do. There's so much isolation. A lot of lighthouse keepers came alone um, so it, it wasn't something that people were like, you know what, I'm going to live my whole life as a lighthouse keeper at Seguin Island. <laughs> uh, people did it like in f like periods of time and then they left. Well, one lighthouse keeper, uh, brought his new wife with him. They were very newly wed and given that he was wildly in love with her because they were still newlyweds and you know, you don't have time to develop hate yet, uh, after being married for just a <laughs> few years uh he was like you know what i really don't want my wife my poor wife to get bored while on this lonely little island so he bought her 
<laughs> he bought her a piano and had it delivered to the island. The piano wow. was meant for her to learn how to play, and so she would be able to, you know, just, like, play music and everything, and that would be a hobby for her, right? The piano came with one sheet of music, and she learned to play it and then kept playing it and then kept playing it. And he goes to her, and he's like, hey, listen, you, you, you've nailed this. This is great. Um, Can you not why play it ever again? <laughs> yeah, why don't I go back to the mainland, and I'll get you some sheet music so that you can play something else. And she was like, yeah, that'd be great. She gets her new sheet music, and then she's like, these are too hard. I don't want to play these. So she doesn't. Instead, she plays the song over and over and over. And at some point in this isolation with that song on repeat day and night, anytime he's not with her and she's not eating, she's playing the same short, because it's apparently only like a, a minute and a half, two minute melody. It drove him completely crazy. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I almost, I actually get it, okay? I actually get it. I mean, so, think about, think about like when your kids have to practice something for the kid, like the musical at school. It's like, oh my God. Listen, my son just got accepted to learn to play the trombone in his school orchestra program. Oh no. Okay? I'm so sorry. So. <laughs> I'm already calling my doctor to see if we can up my antidepressant <laughs> levels and like, like, what do we do here? What do we do? <laughs> oh, Lord. So the lighthouse keeper going um, completely mad. He has been driven mad by the repetition of this song. Decides it's time to take matters into his own hands. He loses it. He gets an axe and destroys the piano. Okay. But that's not enough. He's so tired of the piano. So tired of the piano and his wife playing that incessant song. So he hacked her up with an axe. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And then he later on snaps out of it. Oh, and no. And then kills himself oh, no. with the axe. Oh my gosh, that took a turn. Right? So this is one of the stories that has the most activity around it, obviously. You can't go and stay the night in most of the, like, like most places like this, you can't really, like, go and hang out for many more things other than just, like, wandering around. But they do have, like, a little tour. Um, you can pay a fee as of the past, I think it was, like, five years ago they did this where you can actually spend the night in the lighthouse. Now they've made it safe. Um, people have started going to spend the night in the lighthouse. It's not like there's no one monitoring it during the night. It's just people by themselves. Um, they can go. They, it's, it's, a, you know, a thing that you can do if you're, there's no Wi-Fi, by the way. There's no cell service. <laughs> there's no way to contact anybody outside. Um, and a lot of people go for that reason. They go because they want the peace and the quiet and, you know, like writers, they need to disconnect from it all. Um, and they also go for the history, which you can get a history tour before the ferry leaves after they drop you off. Cause that's the only way to get there is from that ferry. You're not authorized to get on the Island in any other way. 
So um, people started reporting when they'd go onto the island for tours during that ferry time or when they'd spend the night, they would hear piano music and they'd wonder where it was coming from and they would try to turn it off, right? And they could never find it. Um, one of my favorite stories, and I don't know why I like this one so much. I think it's because it was someone who was so skeptical. Someone who was there purely because they like lighthouses and history. And this is an old lighthouse. So he goes to the island and this is what he says about it. He says, I was standing outside the tower at its base and casually speaking with the woman that was doing the tour. And as she was speaking, I heard a piano playing, a rather quick Scott Joplin style tune. I thought perhaps it might be an unseen radio, although it did have an ethereal quality to it, almost more like a memory on the wind than music. Since she was speaking to me at the time, I didn't think to question her about it or say anything to her. We had just done a walk through the structures, which are impeccably restored. When we returned to the USCG's office, the XO asked if his staff had told me about the ghost at Seguin, which plays the piano. <laughs> My heart literally stopped when I heard that question. There was no doubt that I had heard it. It's a true story and unforgettable. Wow. And this person said that, like, and they were literally there just for the history. And they don't believe in, didn't believe in ghosts. Yeah. They do now. Um, but that's something that people hear a lot, not just when they're on the island, but if you are out on like a fishing boat or something nearby, because you can take your fishing boat and fish around the area, mm -hmm. you can hear faint piano music <clears throat> in the air. Um, but the piano isn't the only thing that people have uh, gotten from this quite horrifying experience. Um, visitors have reported seeing a man wielding an axe. Oh, dripping no. in blood, trudging oh, no. menacingly up and down the stairs. Uh, there was one story I found where a woman said she was walking up the stairs and she heard footsteps coming towards her. And if you guys have been in a lighthouse, you know, it's not like these like big open staircases. They're very narrow. Um, and she looked up and saw a man like glaring at her, holding an ax at his side. And she braced herself and he never made contact. He just disappeared. Um, there's a lot of people that have seen this man with the blood and they can hear the blood drip off of the axe and hit the floor and there won't be any blood on the floor. It'll just be like blood drip, bloop, you know, it's gone. Gross. Right. Um, some have also said that they can hear the sound of a woman screaming, a crashing sound like a piano being broken. And then the scream is abruptly stopped by a gurgling silence, which sounds that's gross. terrifying, <laughs> right? So that's the honestly the most terrifying of the stories in this place. Um, is is the man? Nobody else was like violently killed or anything aside from the lightkeeper or yeah, the lighthouse keeper and his you know wife. But I mean, you do see them. Um, she is often uh she is seen as well apparently you can always tell when she's there because you can smell her perfume it smells oh. like yeah they said that she typically will like float out you know not float but like you know she doesn't walk like a human being mm -hmm. um she's seen though wandering around the grounds in a, a white dress and you can always tell when she's out somewhere because you smell the scent of lavender and musk which apparently was a very popular scent at that, like in the 1800s. So that's not the only 
person though that died on the island. There have been a lot of people that died on the island. Uh, one of the other more active spirits is uh, the daughter of a lighthouse keeper. Um, she reportedly killed herself. Um, I think it was by accident because this was a young girl. Um, I don't think she realized what she was doing. She apparently had jumped off of the lighthouse, but uh, she died. And a lot of the a lot of the stories that I read about this, they called it a suicide, but I don't think a young girl, because she's got, she's like 10. I don't think she really did it on purpose. I think it was an accident. And given the fact that she's still hanging out <laughs> and she's not upset or anything, mm-hmm. um, I think she was playing because they see the little girl running around uh, the stairs and running around the lights and just running all over, like she's all over the island and she's always laughing. She's always having a good time. The only place they don't see her is uh, where she was buried. She's hmm. never there. Which someone had said, you know, but if you've died, why would you want to go hang out at your own gravestone? You're going to go true. And do all the things you want to do. So she's seen a lot. Um, people have had her, like, bump into them and brush against her. She's not going to, like, touch your face or anything. She's not interested in you. She's um, definitely more of a... She's just living her life or her not life. She's doing her thing. So uh, a lot of people, though, are kind of freaked out by her because the giggling. Always the giggling. I think the combination of the giggling and the piano would probably get me. It definitely feels kind of like The Shining. Very much. Yeah. I don't like like it. And we've talked about, you and I both have talked about how we just don't like ghost children. Ghost kids are not cool. Not Mm -mm. cool. So... The Coast Guard decommissioned the lighthouse in 1985, right? Um, This is when they were like, you know what? We can't use this because this lighthouse sucks. Uh, I mean, it's a terrible lighthouse. Given how many shipwrecks they had, it's a terrible lighthouse. So they decommissioned the lighthouse. They made a valiant effort, but... (laughs) They did their best. Um, But they they decommissioned it, and then they sent some uh, officers to go empty it out. Um, The officers go out, they're packing up all the stuff that's in the lighthouse because the lighthouse was, like, stocked with things for the keepers and everything. Um, and then they decide they're just going to go ahead and spend the night there at the lighthouse to, uh, you know, journey back the next day. The warrant officer that was there, though, says that he was violently awakened in the middle of the night by a man who was shaking his bed violently. And when... The man saw that the officer was awake. He demanded that the officer leave his home alone and leave his furniture. Uh, The warrant officer said that the apparition said, and he quoted this, don't take the furniture, please leave my home alone. The warrant officer thought he was dreaming or just didn't care and decided to not listen to the demands of the dead man. (laughs) Because the next morning, the furniture was packed onto a boat to be sent to the mainland. Only the boat never arrived. It sank. And everything with it disappeared. They never found the boat. They never found the people driving the boat. Do you drive the boat? Sail the boat? Move the boat? The people in charge of moving the boat. The crew and the furniture are missing. Wow. Wow. And a lot of people believe that it's because uh, the the man, whoever the man was, uh, 
wanted his furniture. Now he's maybe he's got it. I don't know. Maybe did the do you have ghost furniture? There aren't any ghost furniture. Ghost furniture. <laughs> um, but that is that is a very. I mean, this warrant officer. He said that it was a terrifying experience because he thought for sure that it was a a living, breathing human being shaking him. You know, shaking the bed. Gave instructions, um, and then everything went missing. So nowadays, when people pass the lighthouse or they go to the lighthouse, they typically see uh, a man wandering around in the lighthouse, the little girl running around. They see the man with the axe, the captain on the ship. They also see an older man um, going for walks, and he sometimes climbs the stairs as if he's going to maintain the light. Um, but the light hasn't needed maintenance in a very long time. Um, they don't know who the man is. They assume that it's an early, an earlier keeper, you know, the lighthouse, um, someone that just died of natural causes because he is an old man. Um, but they can't figure out who he is, but he's honestly probably seen the most because you can see him standing in front of the light or you could when when it was uh, like commissioned as a lighthouse. I mean, they still mm-hmm. light it sometimes, but you can often see him up there. Uh, aside from that, people generally aren't doing a whole lot on the island, <laughs> obviously. There imagine. are some paranormal research teams that go out there, people that are holding seances and whatnot, um, that get pretty much the same stuff that everybody else gets. Uh, sense picked up, they see a woman, they... Um, they hear about like giggling and the blood and just all the gross stuff that mm-hmm. came along with the axe murder. Um, not a whole lot of proof of it though, which was the unfortunate thing. There was one team though that did. One team went out and they brought EVPs and they did all they they did it legit style. It wasn't like an amateur amateur hour like <laughs> YouTube. So finally, a legit team actually did go out and they brought out all of the equipment and they picked up a lot of the stuff that people had, you know, reported as hearing that lots of the laughing and the hellos and whatnot. But one of the things that they caught on film was one of the women who was there not as a, she was, she's not like a, a focal point of this research team. She's there pretty much for uh, writing things down. Like, she's their note keeper. Like, and you could tell it kind of, I honestly felt kind of bad for her because they were like, write this down, you know. Um, But she starts making this strange face and they're like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, nothing. And she like brushes it off. But she says that she can't swallow and she feels like she's being choked. And they chalk it up to her having allergies, asthma, that sort of thing. But then... I did some looking into that one, and apparently that's a really common sensation in one of the rooms of the house, and the room or of the lighthouse, and in that room is where the piano was. And people often feel like they can't swallow, they can't breathe, and that's weird. I mean, isn't that weird? Yeah, like I don't like it. Yeah, um, they also picked up. You know, if you're here, can you like knock on the wall? There would be knocking. Um, someone said that they did go out and they asked if, you know, that choking sensation was related to a tragedy on the island. And the ghost box said yes. So mm. 
but not a whole lot of detail on like which one. My assumption is that it would be really hard to swallow if someone took an axe to you, but I don't know. I would think. So, <laughs> so generally people, people aren't really going out to Saguen Island, um, but it is one of those places where you are going to see something. Um, it's not something that the people who are maintaining the island are like, yeah, come see our ghosts. They're not doing ghost tours or thing like that, things like that. You've seen those places that are like, it's a historical thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, come see our ghosts. Yeah. They're not talking about that at all. They're just like, it's really beautiful, and it's historical, and this is where George Washington was, and come see beautiful Maine. Um, so they're, and they are very, very quick to say, like, no ghosts. Mm-mm. The piano music, like, people are just imagining that. They're imagining it. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, though, <laughs> there are a lot of people who question them. They're like, uh, so I was going past the island on my boat, and I heard piano music. What are you guys doing? And they're like, we don't know. We have nothing to do with – there's no piano. There's no radio. There's no Wi-Fi. Like, it's just a creepy thing. Yeah. It's just a creepy thing, and it's always the same very bouncy, upbeat tune that everybody hears. I feel like now that she's dead, like, come on, lady. Enough with the same song. Learn something, something new. Good. Something, I want something good. Give me something good. Give me some Britney. <laughs> do you take requests? That's what I seriously would do that. I would go in and be like, listen, I have this song that I really like. And you're so super talented. Play Toxic. <laughs> But that's it. That's Seguin Island. It's not super terrifying. It's kind of gross. The blood it's pretty splatter creepy. sound. The whole man of... wielding the axe with blood on him. I mean, yeah, it's kind of I mean, scary. I just feel like, like, of all the scary, like, murder people that we've talked about, he's probably the least scary. Because it was in a fit of mania. Right. And he felt so bad when he realized what had happened that he killed himself with the only thing he had available, which was the axe. Um, how does that work? How do you kill yourself with an axe? Do you fall on it and hope for the best? I don't understand. I have no clue. clue. I'd like to ask him that. I know, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, I would love to know. Do you just, like, slam yourself in the head with it? I don't understand. That's awful. I mean, that's not a great way to go. Not a great way to go. But the thing is, is even, like, even now that he's, like, a ghosty ghost, he's not, like, trying to kill anybody. You know, he's not no. shoving people down the stairs. And, I mean, he's in the perfect place to do it. It's nothing but stairs. I feel like it, I I probably would have tried to drown myself. Mm. I think that probably would have been easier. Yeah. I mean, you're on an island, and it's pretty no crappy, you know, drown. water. Like, I just want to know. Okay, so this is like the 1800s. People, like, I guess guns were different then, but still. There are a lot of ways that people have killed themselves in history. I mean, did he not even have like a pocket knife or something that he could like, know. you know, cut his wrist? I don't. I don't he, under- maybe that's what he did. He wasn't maybe. very prepared. He wasn't, but he to he live lost on it. a lighthouse. Yeah. No. I mean, if you're gonna live on a lighthouse for any period of time, you should always you should have at least a pocket knife. At least a pocket knife. I mean, they come in handy, right? Cut meat. Lots of alcohol. Yeah. Yes. For sure. I just don't understand. 
I also don't understand what her problem was. I feel like she had to have been a little bit crazy. Yeah, I think she probably, I mean, can you imagine though, like you're newly married and you're blissfully happy and in love with your husband and he's like, hey honey, pack up your stuff. We're going to a lighthouse for six months or whatever. It's like, we're going to go live in isolation. I know. On an island. Maybe she was doing it on purpose to like get to him. She's like, this will make him move back. Well, it definitely got to him. Got to him. It just didn't have the effect that. God, that's awful, though. Isn't hacked that up her piano and then hacked her up. I know. And then oh. I want to know this is the part of the story I couldn't find. Okay. How long was it before someone found them? Ooh. Ew. 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 I'm just. Mm-mm. No. And who cleaned Gross. that mess up? Right? Gross. Someone was like, you know what? We haven't been to the island in a while. I mean, they had to have noticed that the light either wasn't lit or it stayed lit for too long or something. Yeah, I Maybe that's... How far off of any other land is this? Do we know? Like, Um, I can't imagine you'd see it from the mainland, right? I don't know if you would or not. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. So there had to have been a ship that came by that was like, hey, that lighthouse isn't lit. Let's go check it out. And then they came in and were like, oh, my God, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) This is unfortunate. Hand me a broom and a trash bag, please. This might be an issue. Let's see. Um, (laughs) Some Clorox. I don't actually know how far it is from the mainland. Looking at the... Oh, okay, wait. It's two and a half miles off the mouth of the Kennebec River. Okay. So, I so, mean, it's far enough away that if the light's yeah. not lit or if it is lit, people aren't going to see it from They're there. not going to be paying, You have yeah. to be in a ship to see it. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty awful. Either way, it's creepy. It's creepy. Um, lots of people dead at the island, even more than I knew. Including a small child. Um, and yeah. people go there to cry. <laughs> people go there to cry. <laughs> people go there to cry. And you don't want to run into a man with an axe. No, you definitely don't. Alive or dead. Just, Alive it's or not dead. a good idea. It's just not. It's just not. I mean, if you see a man with an axe, I would recommend, unless you know for a fact that he's going to cut some wood because you told him to, mm-hmm. it's best to leave him alone. Yeah, you just, you don't know. My quick tip for the day. Yeah, for sure. That's it. That's my story. Okay. Well, that was scary. It was. It's kind of. Lighthouses are fascinating to me, and the fact that people have to keep them, like, Mm -hmm. tend to them. Yeah. Not uh, not some of the modern ones, obviously, but. (laughs) Not some of the modern ones, but, like, I just can't imagine. It's like the astronauts who live in the space station for, like, six months. That yeah, no. I just would never, ever, never. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I would nope. lose my mind. Mm-mm. Yep. I don't have enough mind left to be losing any, so. <laughs> can't do that. Hmm. I can't. It's how I feel right now, like, about all this rain and my cabin fever. Do you have an axe handy? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded so disappointed. No. No. A weed whacker. <laughs> Just coming to the house and like, <laughs> John would just laugh at me. 
That would be fun. You're not holding that right, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Do people have axes still? Yes, Actually, people I, have axes. I might have an axe. A little we have an axe. One, what do you use it for? a couple of them. To cut wood. You're out there like throwing axes. You get like a target. Yeah, I do. That's what I do for fun. That's how she gets her muscles. That's right, because I'm so fit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. In case you didn't know it, Karsten is a competitive bodybuilder. I'm an axe (laughs) (laughs) What is that? There's a competition for that, like for real. There's like the woodsman or something competition really yeah oh yeah i want to go watch that dude you know those really long swords that have a handle on each end yeah it takes two people like there's competitions that they do with that and it's like timed to cut through a huge tree and i think i could get into that sport it's pretty fun to watch i've seen it on tv a few times it's pretty cool but yeah they have like the axe competitions and they have yeah. to cut through so many logs or whatever, and like it's crazy, crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna take this up. <laughs> New hobby. New hobby. <laughs> New hobby. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you'll have to look that up and see like when you can watch it on TV or something, or just go on YouTube and find it because it's very yeah. Like some of the dudes that do this, they're massive dudes. Nice. Just yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, so. There you go. Um, right. We'll bring it home. You ready? <laughs> okay. I'm ready because I know yours is going to be scarier than mine. mine. Is, it's freaking terrifying. I'll be I honest. I knew it would be. It's terrifying. I um, needed sleep this week, you guys. So I, I, I kept mine mild. <laughs> I was like, I got to sleep. <laughs> Feel that tingle down your spine? Is someone watching you? What's that shadow? I get it, this haunted tale is a little scary, but it's fine, it's fine. Because you can share that scary feeling and talk it out in our free community. Head to facebook.com backslash groups backslash girls and ghouls to hang out with the rest of our ghoul friends and share your own spooky stories. Okay, enough chit chat. It's time to get scary. I don't even remember how I found this story. I actually found it last season and I just never got to it. Um, so I oh, circled yeah. back and I, don't we? yeah, and I, I started digging into it and I was like, yeah, this is terrifying. Um, so we're going to go to Union, Missouri mm-hmm. to a place affectionately called the Screaming House. Okay. Sounds fun, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um... The house is built upon land formerly owned by a man named Captain T. Crow. He was the first captain of the first Missouri militia in the Civil War. He and his wife Minerva, I love that name. Minerva. Minerva. They lived on the property until she passed away. Um, The house was built in 1932 on the part of the property that once held the slave quarters. Now, mind you, this is in Missouri, so slaves were not, like, super big up there, I don't think. But um, Minerva came from Kentucky, and so it's thought that she brought a lot of the slaves with her. Um, They were always listed, when they listed the property, they were always listed as being owned by Minerva. Captain Crow did not own the slaves. Um, There was also talk that she had some improper relations with some of the male slaves. 
you know what I'm Whoa. saying? Yeah, Whoa. Yeah, wink. Wink, wonk. Wink, wonk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they think that that might be what led to her untimely death. Wow. Maybe old, maybe old captain got a little jealous and took an axe to Minerva. I don't know. I couldn't find what, like, how she died or whatever, but she died. A lot of her male slaves died. Oh. Fun times. Um, fast forward to the 70s. Um, in the neighborhood where this house is, there's a house across the street from it where a, an acting troupe did a recreation of the Lizzie Borden case. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with that, we've talked, we talked about Lizzie Borden, didn't we? We haven't done the story, but we've talked about it. Yeah. Lizzie Borden killed her whole family with an axe. Fun fact, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. it an axe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the time that this play was taking place, something very strange happened. Um, a woman killed her husband with an axe. What's and that? then shot her. Up and with then, an axe? I know. Axes. And then shot herself. Um wait. Yeah, she killed her husband with an axe and then she shot herself and killed herself. She was like, you know what? He's gonna feel this. Mm-hmm. He probably asked her to like make him a sandwich or something. Probably. I don't know. Um, why did she? Why? I don't know. So. I don't know. It doesn't say. I don't know. Apparently, in this neighborhood, in this same neighborhood, a lot of women have taken their own lives with a gun. Um, another house across the street from the screaming house was home to a suicide. A man committed suicide in front of his young nephew. Um, oh my God. A, there's a lot of bad juju in this neighborhood. Many people report getting sick simply by being near the home. Oh, my gosh. Like, they'll get physically ill. There have been, there have been, uh, from 1999 to 2002, only three Mm -hmm. years, seven families lived in the Screaming House. Okay. Um, They all left, they all left in a hurry without their belongings. Some of them returned. Yeah. Some of them returned to pick up their stuff. Some of them left their stuff there for the landlady to deal with. The landlady's name is Darlene Peters. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she's, as far as I know, as far as I could tell, she still owns the property. Um, so today we're going to talk about one particular family and what happened to them in the Screaming House. Okay. 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 Um, so this is the story of Stephen Lachance and his three children. They rented the home in Union, Missouri, in May of 2001, after his divorce. Um, He went to look at the house. Um, The landlady had, like, an open house, I guess, kind of thing, and he went to look at it, and he fell in love with it. It was kind of an older home, obviously built in the 30s. He loved that it still had the original woodwork. There were, like, cherub figurines in the corners of the living room. He thought it was very charming and beautiful, and he Mm -hmm. wanted to live there with his kids. He thought it would be a nice place for his kids to grow up. Right. Um, before renting, the landlady asked Stephen, you understand the responsibility that comes with living in an old house such as this? And he thought she meant because it's an old house, there's maintenance. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's an old house. It's beautiful. I get it. Whatever. Apparently mm-hmm. that's not what she meant. Um, so they move in and almost immediately, 
um, Stephen's daughter starts noticing that people would cross the street before going in front of the house. They would never walk on the sidewalk right in front of the house. And she Mm -hmm. thought that was odd. And she was outside playing one day. And she's like, Dad, look at this. And he's like, hmm, maybe they're just not friendly people. I don't know. Maybe they just don't like new neighbors. I don't understand. Nothing really weird, but just weird. (laughs) You know, like kind of odd. Um, He also noticed that on every single door in the house, there were hook and eye latches on the outside of the door. Like. To keep Weird. something in the room instead of to yeah. keep people out. He's like, right. this is really odd. Yeah. Um, so they're unpacking and he's hanging stuff on the walls. And he's hanging this one particular picture, um, a large picture of two angels in the living room. Because his daughter said it'll complement the cherubs that are in there. Um, he hangs it on the wall, turns around, picture crashes to the floor. He's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Turns around, hangs it back up. Turns to leave, and again, it falls to the floor. So, of course, this time he's like, seriously, maybe I just didn't put the nail in there. I don't understand. Whatever. Hangs it up a third time. He turns to walk away. He feels a rush of air hit the back of his ankles, and he turns around, and it's on the floor again. So, finally, he hangs it for a fourth time, and he goes, stay up there, damn it, and kind of laughs to himself, like, who am I talking to? And it stayed. It didn't oh. fall down again. So, he's like, okay, Whatever. It's one of those things that you kind of, you know, brush off. Yeah. You're like, whatever. So about a week later, he, he and his kids are outside, and they're all playing in the yard or whatever, and he sends his son in, his youngest son in, to the basement to get a garden hose. They're going to plant some flowers. So his son goes down to the basement to get the garden hose, and a few minutes later, he hears his son screaming bloody murder, and he runs into the house to find his son standing in the kitchen in a puddle of his own urine, terrified. Oh, my God. And he was like, what's the matter? What happened? And he said, something chased me up the stairs. And I don't know what it was, but it was big. And he was, I mean, he was completely terrified. Like I said, he peed oh on gosh. himself. He was so scared. Um, Stephen went down to the basement. He investigated. There was nothing out of the ordinary I mean, he didn't see anything. He didn't hear anything. Nothing. So he's like, maybe it was just your imagination. You know, kids in a basement, that it can be a little scary, whatever. Yeah. So he's like, it's okay. You know, calmed him down, whatever. Well, things started to happen a little more frequently. Phenomenon would it increase exponentially. Um, they started all seeing these formless masses, like a shadow throughout the house. Um, there'd be cold flashes, like severe cold flashes, that all the family members would experience in different parts of the house. Yeah. Um, the doors that were locked would shake and rattle, like something was trying to get out. Oh. He would go around the house, turn all the lights off when they would leave, and when he'd come back, all the lights in the house would be on. Every single one. Um, just weird stuff, right? And it was kind of yeah. freaking him out. Um, he was in the living room with his daughter one night. She was sitting there reading, and she she told him that she was really cold. And he was like, "That's weird." He he was literally sweating. He was so hot at that time. And she's over there saying she's cold. And when he walked toward her, he said the temperature dropped about thirty degrees. What? Um, and he said at that moment he felt a presence. He said, I don't know how else to describe it, but I felt a presence. It was like an electrical current running through his body. It made him cry, and he had goosebumps on his arms. 
And then right after that, it passed and it warmed up in the house almost immediately. He could see the needle on the thermostat climb. Whoa. Yeah. So it's freaking him out now, right? Right. So on one Sunday night, the whole family's in the living room. They're getting things ready for the next day. They've got their backpacks by the door because the kids were going to go to their grandparents the next day because Stephen had to go on a business trip. Keys are by the door, everything. And he he said later he was glad that that was the case because of what happened. Everything was just there to grab. So out of the corner of his eye, he sees something move. He said it was standing. He doesn't know what it was, but it was standing at the kitchen door leading to the family room. It was someone. He said it was a dark figure of a man. And even though it looked solid, the blackness of his form was moving like smoke. Oh. Yeah. He said at first he thought his mind was playing tricks on him, so he looks down for a minute and kind of centered himself like, this is crazy, this isn't happening, whatever. So he looks back up, and sure enough, it's still there, and then it starts moving toward him. Oh. (laughs) It moved into the family room and paused in the center of the room. It's still churning. The mass is still, like, moving, whatever, inside of this figure. And then it vanished into thin air. Nope. And at this point, he's like, we out. (laughs) Yeah. His kids had not seen it. His kids did not see it. They were busy doing other things. They had not seen it. So he's like, all right, I don't want to freak him out. We're going to leave in a calm, orderly fashion. I don't want to be like these scary movies where people run out screaming. That's not what we're going to do. So he's like, all right, kids, let's grab our stuff and go ahead and uh, go to grandma's. We're going to go get a soda. We're going to go to grandma's. Let's go. So they get all excited and they're like, soda? Right before bed? Okay, let's go. And, you know, they grab their backpacks and they're heading out the door. He gets out of the front door and turns around to lock it. And at that time, they all heard a loud, painful scream of a man from inside the house. It sounded like he was screaming in pain and it was so loud that the neighborhood dog started barking. Oh, my gosh. He screamed for the kids to get in the car. They made a dead run to the car to go to his mom's house. He drove just a little bit down the street, and his son turned around in the back of the car, and he goes, Daddy, the basement monster's standing in the upstairs window. And sure enough, when Stephen looked, he saw it watching them leave. Oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have goosebumps right now. Like, this this story terrifies the crap out of me. Um, They stayed, here's the thing, you'll love this. They stayed with his parents for the weekend and then they went back to the house. What? Why? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Stephen had convinced himself that it was all a bad dream, that they were all stressed out from the divorce and the move and all this stuff and it was just over-exaggerated imagination and all of that. That's definitely what it was. So he was like, you know what, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, One night after their return, like they had only been there very short period of time after they get back mm-hmm. and he's on the phone with his mom i guess she had called to check on him like are you alive or has the demon possessed your soul he's on the phone <laughs> right that's the call i'd be making i know right like what are you still doing in that house You're why are you here get my grandchildren out of there immediately that's what i would yeah. be doing so he's on the phone with his mom and he starts hearing the bedroom doors upstairs rattling mm-hmm. and his first instinct he's like hey can you guys stop playing around up there And then he goes back to his phone conversation. And this happened two or three times. 
And finally he yells and he's like, hey, seriously, can you just stop? And his daughter yells back down and she goes, dad, I'm reading and the boys are asleep. Almost immediately when she said that, the entire house temperature dropped at least 30 degrees. No. He again felt that electrical charge in his body and then he started to smell this horrible putrid stench. Mm. Then the screaming started. The whole house sounded like it was screaming. First it was kind of soft and then it got louder and louder and louder and louder. And he's still on the phone with his mom and he yells. He's like, I need you to come get my kids. We're getting out of this house. And he hangs up the phone. The whole house starts to violently shake. What? And he starts to hear upstairs, boom, 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 like loud thuds upstairs where his kids are. And he's like, oh, my God. So he runs upstairs. The kids at this point are all awake. They're all screaming and terrified, but they're in a bedroom and the door is locked from the outside what yeah they're locked in the bedroom this thing locked them in so his kids are upstairs the floor's shaking the kids are screaming everybody's having a fit he runs up there he said the whole time he was running up the stairs to get his kids he could feel this presence behind him and he refused to turn around and look at it he gets to the bedroom. The door won't open. He unlocks it. It still won't open. He has to throw his body weight into the door over and over again until it finally slams open. His daughter is sitting there in shock. He has to slap her in the face to get her out of it and tells her to grab her little brother. And they all just bolt out the door. And the whole time they're running, they're hearing this boom, boom, loud booms and screaming. And the house is still shaking and just chaos, right? They're running. And he said whatever it was was on their trail, chasing them down the hall. It's slamming doors behind them, booming and screaming and shaking. They get to the car, and they can still hear it in the car, and they're driving down the street. And he said he got far enough away that he could still see the house, but he was waiting for his parents. And he said you could see it searching the house methodically room by room. Just this black shadowy figure going room by room through the entire house looking for them what are you scared out of your mind yeah because this oh, i mean little. yeah just a, see i was trying to sleep this week <laughs> <laughs> he he never took his kids back over there and he never lived there again either but he did go back to try to recover some of his belongings but he never went alone and he said his friends would go with him but they would hear anything from whispers to screams, to full-on shaking every time. So he just went and got as much of his stuff, and they never returned. And he's written a book about this. Like, he thought he was crazy, but there have been multiple accounts. I mean, it's called The Screaming House, The Union Screaming House, because so many people have heard it and experienced that. my gosh. Um, the Missouri Paranormal Task Force did a five-year investigation of the house. What? Um, they have EVPs um, of growls, heavy breathing, sighing, even singing, um, prayers, and, of course, the screams. They get a lot of screams. Um, black shadowy figures, as well as some actual full-bodied apparitions are seen. This is the part that I think scares me more than anything else out of this entire story. And I'm, mm. 
The house had a way of tapping into the fears of our childhood. Okay. A clown, a leprechaun, and monsters were often seen. I'm sorry, uh-huh. but I am terrified, deathly afraid of clowns. So the fact that this thing will just, it's like, it seriously is like it. Because that's yeah. what he does. Yeah. Whatever you're most afraid of, that's the figure he like he becomes. And oh my God. Um, EMF meters would max out while tracking moving magnetic fields. Um, the house would give off some of the larger EMF readings when the power to the house was completely shut off. Wow. Hot spots and cold spots were not uncommon. A base reading of 65 and a cold spot of 22 in the same room. What? Yep. Oh, they need to burn that house down. Seriously. It um, needs to come down. During the time that they were investigating, some of the team members even experienced things in their own homes. Oh, good. Um, each time that spiritual guidance was sought, these events stopped. There were extreme emotional changes noted. Um, changes that bordered and reached homicidal and suicidal levels. Okay. The Union House appeared to have many entities within it and surrounding it on the outside grounds. Through photographic evidence, there seems to be three portals of entry from which these entities come back and forth through. The alley right behind the house, the basement of the house, and an area in the front yard. says there's an ever-changing array of entities. They would come and go whenever they wanted, but there seemed to be five that were ever-present in the home. A man, a woman, a boy, a girl, and what we have no better term for than a demon. Um, says animals do not fare well at this house, which really pisses me off about the landlady and I'll tell you why in a second um, they would either be very ill or be found dead after being brutally ab- abused two puppies two kittens and a hamster all lost their lives in the most horrible of circumstances oh um, people were thrown they were held against walls they were pushed they were shoved down the stairs they were touched inappropriately they were bruised oh. they were bitten and a lot of people become physically ill just simply being exposed to the house Jeez. So here's why I'm pissed at Darlene Peters, because it was rumored that she eventually couldn't rent the house out anymore, so she turned it into a kennel. Oh. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. Isn't that fun? She knows That's... what's going on, that animals are being abused to the point of death, and she turns it into a dog kennel. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Can you imagine boarding your dog there and coming back to pick them up and be like, oh, your dog was attacked viciously by a demon. Sorry. Yeah, how is, how is that working? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Mm-mm. So that, my friends, is the terrifying tale of the Union Screaming House. You're welcome. You won't sleep oh, tonight. my God. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Insane. Yeah, Ugh. it's scary. What? My personal favorite part of this story was the quote about it being what we can only call a demon. Like, they're just like, maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's just a really angry person. I think other than the fact that it can manifest itself in different, like, whatever you're scared of, other mm-hmm. than that, 
I think one of the scariest parts is that like he, Stephen could see the figure of a man, but mm-hmm. it was swirling. It literally yeah. was a swirling vortex of pure evil. Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't. Is it still, is it still up? Yeah. Oh yeah. The house is still there. Yeah. Apparently that whole neighborhood has really bad juju because there's stories from other houses, but this one apparently seems to be where it's centered. That's where most of the, I don't know. I don't know if Minerva was like a witch, maybe. I don't know. That's insane. I couldn't find much on her. It's so like. It's so rare that you find something, find a story that is like, I mean, that's, that's like straight demonic. Oh, absolutely. Without anything like, like this is where, you know. Well, it says that, it says that the house, the house was built on slave quarters, what used to be the slave quarters. Right. So if you think about the history of slaves, okay, and you think about where they came from, there's a lot of, um spiritual stuff that went on um depending on what part of the world the slaves came from there might be some voodoo attached because we had that when we talked about robert the doll you know the housemaid was a like was a black woman and she knew voodoo and she put a hex on the doll um Hmm. so it just kind of you have to kind of take that into consideration too i think like you have to understand try to figure out where these slaves came from and maybe if minerva had something else going on that we don't know like maybe she was a witch or who knows but you don't know like you don't you don't know the past but obviously something really really bad must have happened here yeah um, definitely yeah well I'm, I'm terrifying I'm thoroughly pleased that I kept my story light and... <laughs> whoa yeah so um let's just all take a deep breath Oh, my gosh. And never go to Union, Missouri. Ever. Ever. Mm-mm. Under any... I may stay out of the state entirely. Mm-hmm. I think that just mm-hmm. would be it's best. It's on my list. It's going on my list. We're pretty much just never going to leave where we live ever again. Yeah. <laughs> just fine. This I'll is stay fine. home. It's good. It's fine. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. cool. It's fine. So there well, you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I we guess good? I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to dig into my like. These are totally terrible archives to keep up with your, your <laughs> insanity happening. <laughs> oh yeah, it's awful. That that's intense. Yeah, that's intense. I and see, I wrote this one down last season, mm-hmm. but I never really dug into the story because yeah, I was like a scream. What a screaming house. Whatever. But when I started digging into it, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, a screaming <laughs> house. Yeah. We're going to talk about this one for sure. Oh, my gosh. So. That's insane. Okay. I love it. And I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Good it's job. awful in the best ways. Good job. Thank you. It. Thank you. Oh, I've got like goosebumps over here. <laughs> I know. I know. I kept getting goosebumps as I was reading it. Well, like, oh, I, I, just I forgot it. my children were home <laughs> and I heard thudding and I was like, oh, it's one of those stories it's that you don't thing. speak of. It's here. Boom, boom, boom. Nope, it's just my kids. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. So, so, there it is. Yeah. Hopefully you're listening to this in broad daylight. Yep. And you don't live in and Missouri. 
you can go prance through some sunflowers and play with butterflies and puppies and yeah yeah, have a great day i think that tops dear david you think i think it tops dear david Mm, wait till next week oh no (laughs) i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know which one's worse they're they're it's also well scary Rest assured, my friends, you will have some balance next week also, because mine is, it's something. (laughs) It's something. I think compared to the one that I'm going to do for you guys next week, this one is more violent for sure. So, but it's also very scary. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. uh, Thanks for joining us this week, guys. If you love this episode, um, leave us a review. Five star rating. It seems like a very simple thing. We only accept five stars. Nothing less. No, it's a super simple thing you can do, and it really helps us keep growing the podcast. And um, if you want truly terrifying stories, then, you know, you have to do it. Leave us a review. Take a screenshot of your phone or of your, uh, take a picture of your face listening to the story of the Screaming House and share yeah. it on social media. Tag us. If you, we'll send you get a goosebumps, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs> Stay scary, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.